Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name's Jim Serpico, and this... Should I start with my name? Or should I start with this is Bread for the People? Do you like it like this? Welcome to Bread... Or do you like it like this? Welcome. Ready? Welcome to Bread for the People. Mind. <laughs> is there a script? Welcome to Bread for the People. I'm Jim Serpico. My guest today is an entrepreneur, a restaurateur, a pizzaiolo, a father, a husband. And he's a good friend of mine. Please welcome Anthony Lorino. Thank you, Jim. Thank How you. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we were able to do this. Yeah, really. I'm really happy too. I'm glad. Now, you know, we didn't know each other cutting back to maybe even a year and a half ago. Yeah, that's probably the uh that's when our bromance started. Our bromance started <laughs> a year and a half ago. How did it start, Anthony? So I was on Instagram one day and I saw, I mean, I'm on Instagram a lot. I saw your bread and uh, you made a video and I was like, oh my God, this, this looks like absolutely amazing. And uh, I, I commented on, the, on your post. And I said, how can I get this bread delivered? Uh, how can I get this bread hot out of the oven? And you, you wrote me back and you said, uh, let's get together and we'll bake it in your restaurant and we'll, you know, you could have it hot out of the oven. That's what happened. Right. That's what happened. Yeah. Now, you know, I only live about two miles away from your restaurant. That's it? That's it. Oh, wow. Uh, and my mother, who, before she moved full-time to Florida, that was her go-to restaurant. Um, really? Her, yeah, and her, my stepfather, Lou, they would go there at least once a week. Wow, I didn't know that. And they were always talking about Phil's Pizza, and I, I never really went with them for hmm. whatever reason. Um. I probably went a couple of times. Yeah. But uh, as soon as I went in there, you were so warm and welcoming, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a great time. And uh, we, we haven't stopped since. We, no. We do a lot of collaborations together. It's getting better and better, actually. It's getting better and better. I mean, it is uh, – listen, you're, you're an amazing guy. And uh, so are you. I appreciate that. Thank you. And one of the things I love about this business is – there's, uh, by and large, a lot of people that do this, you know, put everything they have into it. There's so much, so many hours, let's put it that way. Yeah. And there isn't a ton of free time. There's not a lot of time to socialize. Yeah. 
And I do find that, you know, when you do these types of things and people have fun together there in the workplace, yeah. everyone appreciates it yeah. and wants to do it and help each other. That's what a lot of people don't understand. Like we actually like we put our lives into this business and it's not even like we're living this glamorous life or we have like these crazy cars or living these amazing homes. You know, it's just that we love this. We just love it. And, you know, I'm sure you love what you, on your end, too. I know you love what you do. And I, I think you're a very successful guy. And like I said, I, I know you have a plan of things you want to do. And I, I, I support you 100 percent. But like we love what we do. And, and uh, I don't think people really customers, I'm saying. I'm saying I, right. the most of the customers don't get don't understand what we really put into it. Uh, I would say that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and listen, everyone, especially I've worked in other fields yeah. and it's different. Yeah. But I, I, I did put in uh, where we live if we, to paint the picture. We live in Long Island, New York. Yeah. And it's a suburb of Manhattan. Yeah. And a lot of people live here to work in Manhattan. Yeah. You know, and it's a grind. It is. It really is. You know, uh, for everybody, it's a grind, you know, to commute to Manhattan takes about 45 to 50 minutes. That's train time. Then yeah. you have to add on a good day driving <laughs> from your house to the train. Yeah. Then you have to get off the train and you have to get a certain part of Manhattan. So that's three hours of your day. Just commute. Sure. Sure. But, uh, but a lot of those people are making some serious money. Uh, we kind of live, Long Island is a relatively wealthy area. Yeah, it is. You know, and then we have restaurants that are, and hospitality businesses that are here to serve the people. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's a grind. It is, it's a grind. <laughs> so, to explain a little bit, of, could you describe your restaurant? And tell, tell us the name and, and describe it. It's called Phil's Pizzeria and Restaurant. It's in Syosset on Jericho Turnpike. It's, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, we have our, it's a regulars place. Like, you know, we have our families that come in, our locals. It's a neighborhood place. And, you know, we have people that come in, you know, we just like, got these Tesla chargers put in. So we get, we have some transient people. But for the most part, it's, uh, you know, it's regulars. We know everybody. They know us. We know their families. They know my family. You know, my kids all work there. They know my kids. They know their names. You know, we know their kids. We know their grandkids. You know, it's a, it's a tight-knit place. You know, we serve, uh, you know, nice-sized portions, and people love it. And most people leave with a bag to go, even though they're dining in, obviously. And we have pizzas, right. different types of stuff. And, you know, that's basically it. So in the pizza landscape, could you get into a little bit more of that, like where you fit in? Um it's a pizzeria and restaurant. Yeah. There's a lot, lots of different kind of pizza places. Yeah, there is. We're not like that type of place that has the, uh, you know, the, the brick oven or the coal fire. You know, it's just standard type of place with, you know, we have like 40 different types of pizzas, you know, from the Angry Grandma, which is uh, pepperoni and Mike's Hot Honey, to a regular slice, to a chicken bacon ranch slice. You know, it's a... Uh, Traditional pizzeria, not like your uh, your type of place that has like uh, you know this this new stuff, not new stuff, this popular stuff that's out now with the brick oven, the coal fire, the uh, these uh, pie master ovens, you know, which I'd like to get into, obviously. Yeah, the pizza master is amazing. Pizza master, um, yes, yes, I heard that oven is amazing. Pizza master, 
you know, yeah, I mean, we could get into that, the, the technology and the brick oven thing, but you know, you also serve a lot of, uh, food and pasta. Yeah. I mean, you're full menu, your yeah, menu, full menu, full menu specials. I mean, we're talking, your menu must have 80 items yeah. on it. And we have crazy specials. I have uh, stuffed pork chops, Valdestano. We do veal salt and boca. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a restaurant. It's basically a restaurant with pizza, I would say. It should say Phil's Restaurant with Pizza. I mean, it's Phil's Pizzeria Restaurant. Right. I saw a funny Instagram from the local uh, influencer, Al Fenza, today. Okay. He was at a different Phil's Pizza. Yeah, I saw that too. It was in the Wantor place. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so the name of your restaurant again is Phil's Pizza, but he had a funny intro. He's like, there's a lot of Phil's pizzas, but nobody knows who Phil is. Yeah. There's an, it's, it's this elusive guy yeah. named Phil. Yeah, yeah. You know, what is this story behind all these Phil's pizzas? So from what I know, the original Phil's in Massapequa was opened up by a guy named Phil. I hope so. He sold, he opened it up like in the 60s. He sold it to a guy named Frank Lombardo. This guy, Frank, has something to do with the Roses pizzas. I don't know if he's still around. I mean, I hope he is. And uh, my partner at the time bought the Phil's in Massapequa in 1987. He bought it from Frank Lombardo. And I had a place in Queens. It was called uh, High Class Pizza. With my brother-in-law, we were partners, you know. And... uh, Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to go partners with my partner and his brother, who were the three owners. And we had a, they, they had a great following in Massapequa and they had a lot of people that lived on the North Shore. So when we decided to open up this place in Massa and Sayasa rather, you know, they say, you know what, let's just call it Phil's. I mean, you know, we have a great following. Let's keep it that way. So there was a Phil at one point, but now there is no Phil. There's no Phil. No. But everybody comes in. And, and ask for Phil. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I mean, yesterday I had this lady come in. She goes, are you Phil? I said, no, I'm Anthony. She goes, all right, are you Phil's son? I said, no. And she left, and I said, oh, shit, should I start telling people I'm Phil? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but you don't even explain. You just say no. You don't yeah, say there's I mean, no Phil. What do you, you think? Should you I just... start explaining this to the, to the customers? I mean, what's your opinion? I mean, I really value your opinion. <laughs> I think that they will assume that you're a worker yeah. and not the owner. Yeah. Um, so I think there has to be a story there that I... Well, should I just say, yes, I, I'm Phil? No. No. I don't think so. Unless you don't like the person and you really want to screw with them. <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> I love it when the people call up and they're like, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm a real... Can I get a reservation? I'm a really good friend of Phil's. I know <laughs> Phil very well. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, my God. That's a good one. I, I prank called you guys a few oh, weeks that ago. Was, that was for classic, Phil. classic. Uh, every once in a while, I, I do some prank calls to friends of mine yeah. here on the podcast, and I hit you guys up, and I asked for Phil. Yeah. And it was great because uh, there's your your name's Anthony, yeah. and then the other guy at the counter's name's Anthony. And my son is Anthony there's also. Two, we got three Anthonys right. there. It's crazy. The, three Anthonys yeah. there. So um, it was so funny. I knew it was Anthony. I call him Anthony number two. Yeah. Maybe I should put him down to three and call your son Anthony <laughs> number two. But uh, he go. He's dealing with me. He's like, "There's no Phil here," and he's like, "Hold on." And then he comes back on. I asked for the manager. He goes, "Okay, I'll get the manager." And then he comes back on, and it's him again. And I knew it was him again. It was just so fun. Yeah. 
And I keep telling this guy, he, like, he is my manager. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, when people call and ask for the manager, I'm like, even when I'm here, I'm like, talk to them. I'm like, just deal with it. I'm like, you know, take a little bit of load off of my back, please. And I remember right. that day specifically, I don't remember, I didn't answer the phone, obviously, but I remember he, it was a crazy busy day. I think it was a Friday. And he's like, yeah, some guy just called and I like blew him off. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, just deal with right. it, you know? <laughs> but your wife was working that day. Excuse yeah, me. she was there. She was there, and she 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 knew, she knew it was me. Yeah, she's like, I bet you that was Jim. I, and I heard them having a conversation on the side, and I was up front dealing with a million things. And I'm I'm like, what are they talking about, Jim? What are they, you know, whatever? I didn't even know the two things like coincided. That's so funny. So, in Long Island, um, I would say our customer base. Is a little different than a lot of areas in the country. Yeah. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. Um, they like things a certain way. They do. And the way they like it is particular to the individual. And all these individuals like it differently, but they want it how they want it. Yes. And they make that very clear. Yes. To the service business. Every item on the menu is dissected and made the way they want it, you know? Right. And I tend to um, I tend to tell the waitstaff when they hand me a ticket that says, "Oh, can I get a let's say can I get a, a veal salt and boca, but hold the spinach, but I want it over broccoli instead of spinach, and I I don't want prosciutto underneath it. I want salami, you know, just for instance. And I I tell the waitstaff, listen, just go tell the customer that we respect the way you like this made. However. This is the way we prepare it. And if you don't particularly like the way it tastes, we just want to let you know the way you envision something and the way it's made are two completely different things. This way it doesn't come back to me, but it still comes back sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, listen, man, I don't know. I, I It's uh, my wife is the greatest, but she's so like trying to eat what she considers right, depending on what she read. Yeah. And, uh, and she 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 dissects that menu. She orders things specifically with yeah. this on the side, yeah. and a lot. I guess you know whatever, man. And I, I we have to learn how to deal yeah. with it, right, and serve the customer. Listen, at the end of the day, you know whatever. If somebody doesn't like something that they wanted to make or whatever, listen. At the end of the day, it's not going to like make or break you. Throw in, if they don't like it, right. throw it in the garbage. Give them something else. Whatever they you know whatever they want, just make them happy. That's the, that's that's it. That's all I'm saying. You know. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, this reminds me of it's related a little bit I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, yeah. but you know, as a guy who does bread at farmer's markets, delicious bread. I appreciate that. Amazing. I did bread. have a customer my first year in business come up and order the prosciutto bread and was really intrigued. And, uh, Started a conversation with me the first time he met me at the market. Then he came back with his kid the next week and he ordered, uh, not ordered, he picked up two loaves of prosciutto bread. Yeah. And then he found me and called me. Um, and he said, listen, I, I want to get six loaves of prosciutto bread. Uh, can you, it just reminds me of growing up, but I want to give it out to my family. Yeah. I want to get six loaves. I want to know if you could, you know, can you, Add some more butter or lard to it. 
And he was giving me he was giving me specific instructions. Yeah. And I accommodated. Oh, that was very I made nice. The six loaves, and I gave him the six loaves. And after that, I I actually made a video of me making that new batch of bread with putting lard in it. And I don't know if a lot of people know uh, if they're not from the East Coast, the other name for prosciutto bread, amongst others, is lard bread because traditionally. There was, you know, the fats kept on the meats. People actually would add lard to the bread. So back in the day, everyone would refer to it as lard bread. I try to sell it as lard bread now and label it lard bread. No one buys it. Yeah. Uh, but, but really what I'm making is lard bread. But anyway, I, I didn't really hear from this guy again after accommodating the six loaves until I applied for the same farmer's market and found out that he got the bread position. Hmm. So he never introduced himself to me as a bread maker. Wow. Ordered all this bread and then opened up a bread stand at that farmer's market selling prosciutto bread. Wow. So essentially what this guy was doing was deconstructing my bread. Yes. Asking me to tweak it to his specifications. Yeah. To see what it was taste like. And then he opened up a business. How fucked up was that? Listen, that is fucked up. <laughs> I got a great story for you on that, not to like prolong this conversation or like try to one up you, but I, I got a, I got a story very similar to you. So I used to know this guy that was a man, a maitre d' at a restaurant on the North shore. I still know him, you know, I haven't talked to him in a long time. So I didn't see him for about five or 10 years. And, uh, I saw him at a car show one day. So he goes, uh, hey, how are you? I say, hey, how are you? You know, how, what have you been up to? He says, I said, not, not much, just work and whatever. I got a place down the block. So he goes, a place down the block? I said, yeah, because the car show was at uh, Syosset Ford at the time. Uh-huh. Where's your place? Right down the block. What's it called? Phil's. Phil's? Phil's of Syosset? I said, yeah. How'd you get that place? I said, I don't know, you know, I saved my money. I had another place. I bought it, pop, 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 to make the story short. He goes, wow, that place is busy. I said, yeah, it's, you know, we, we do okay. How'd you get so busy? Did you advertise? Did you do this? You do that? I said, yeah, you know, not really. You know, we just working hard, whatever, this and that. He goes, I'm going to stop in for dinner one night. Like, okay. He comes in for dinner. He was in the same business, obviously. You know, I'm a very proud person. I take him into my kitchen. This is my walking box. This is this. This is that. Oh, a beautiful place. I, I had just bought these beautiful convection ovens from Jade Range, three convection ovens. I'm showing him this, showing him that. This is the pasta I use, you know. Like just when you come in, I'm, I'm a proud person. And I, I open up my heart mm-hmm. to everybody. When, if I love you, I love you. That's it. Mm-hmm. So he was coming in on a regular basis. All of a sudden, I don't see this guy for like a couple of months. Next thing you know, I heard he opened up a restaurant not too far from me. Pizzeria? Pete, uh, restaurant. Listen, on a, on a completely different scale than my restaurant. I'm not going to say okay. the name of the restaurant, but yeah. on a completely different level. But all this guy had to say to him was, hey, listen, Ann, I just want, you know, for no reason, you know, not that I'm anybody important, but listen, I'm opening up a place completely different level than you're at. You know, I just want to let you know. You want to stop in, have a drink, have some pasta with your family, whatever, this and that. And, uh, you know, 
it just hurt me really bad that the guy didn't have the. It was a there's something a little shady when they're not they don't open up and like he, yeah. he purposely had to withhold information. Yeah, and and I have like people that you I know? know in the industry and the supply industry that had told me that exactly. this person was trying to look in the area and uh, you know I ignored their warnings. Not that he opened up and hurt me because it didn't. It's like I said, it's on a completely different level. But I just wish the guy would have said, like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm opening up a place higher end than yours. No pizza, upscale eatery. And, uh, you know, I just want to let you know. And that's the end of the story. I appreciate you being my friend. You know, if you ever need anything, stop in, you know, something like that. That's all. But people alert, you know, people are weird. It's not about being competitive. No, not like at today, all. Today, I, I went to a. To a new place for me today that I've heard good things about for lunch with my son. Yeah. Uh, it was a last minute thing. We decided to go and we decided to try it. And, uh, you know, he had some some items that overlap with mine. And I started talking to him about bread. I told him I was a bread maker. Yeah. I got into that. I'm getting a food truck. And, and you know what? It ended up being this guy, like, giving me tips and wanting to help. Yeah. And I was very transparent. I was there to eat, but there were so many similar things. Yeah. He had the same tomatoes on the counter that I used. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it, it ended up a conversation and he likes to talk about yeah. it. And he was very gracious. And there's no hiding. There's no bullshit. I, no. I mean, we're here for each know? other. We got to help each other out, you know? Exactly. We're, we're um, all great at what we do. Whatever your job is, we're all great at what we do. And we need everybody, you know, from somebody that washes your car to your landscaper to your hair cutter to the person that you buy your T-shirt from. Like, we're all great at what we do and we all need one another. And, you know, we live in a place that has 8 million people. Yes. That's the population, yeah. I believe, of Long Island. And, um, like, aren't we serving our communities? Uh, we talked about this the other day because... There was a little controversy. I stuck my nose in for some stupid reason. Yeah. Uh, although I, I feel like I was standing up for the underdog in that case. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's, why can't there be many pizza places in a city of 8 million people yeah. that are not only, maybe they go out socially, the owners of these places. Maybe they trade tips. Yeah. Maybe they help each other. Maybe they do an event together and everyone does it different. Like, it only helps. Yes, it does. We're stronger together than apart. It's like a, like a union sort of, but like not like a union union, but like we're united. Right. I met a guy yeah. once that is, he, has a ver he has a very successful business in the restaurant industry. He's got a, quite a few places. I'll tell you what the name of the place is next time I see you. But, I, you know, I respect his places and they're, they're – they're beautiful places. He owns probably about five to seven to eight places. And I met him somewhere. We have a mutual friend. And I said, oh, my God. I said, I, I go to your places. They're all beautiful, very well decorated. The food is delicious. And he, he looks at me like this. He goes, I know. That's what he says to me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Like, instead of yeah, saying, like, I oh, thank time. you. I appreciate it. Nothing like that. Like, he goes, I know. Yeah, for me that's it. Yeah, I don't need someone like that in my life. Oh, that's life. it. I go like this. Thank you. 
So how many years do you have this place? 17 years as of uh, May 3rd. Okay. Just passed. So open, open. 17, 17 years. Yeah. And just to, I want to paint another picture here. What's the seating capacity at your restaurant? 82. Okay, so it's pretty large for a pizza. Yeah, yeah, it's large. Um, you have a great kitchen. You're rocking and rolling for 17 years. Yeah. Um, I would think that over time, because I've seen uh, people talk about this and show graphs and things, more competition comes along along the way. Yeah. But I don't know if that affected you or not. You know what? Would you say it did? I, I feel like you are your own competition. And when it's good when competition comes in because it makes you rethink how you operate and question things that you're doing right or wrong. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's actually a good thing. Okay, I do. So then the the pandemic comes along. Yeah. And what happens? It was just like oh. devastating. Devastating. Oh, forget it. So like. When you first heard of COVID, yeah. I mean, at that point, I, I was not in the bread business at all. Yeah. I, I was in the television production and talent management business. Yeah. And I was on my own. I left the company I ran for 25 years, four years before the pandemic. Yeah. And I would go into Manhattan every day. And I remember we would have these, uh, I think it was on Thursday nights. I used to, I had, my office was in a co-working space, which was kind of cool because I would sit with other business people and other workers that didn't work with me. Yeah. And we would have a beer at the common kitchen and people started. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We heard about COVID for the first time. Yeah. And... And the, a kid at the table, he was like 28, he said, I'm telling you right now, everyone at this table is going to have it. And I was like, no way. I didn't see it coming. I had no idea what was about to happen. Yeah. So how did it unfold for you? How did you start to realize what was up? I just, uh, one of the nurses from the Sayasat Hospital next door to us, she was like, you know, she starts talking to me about masks and this and that. And I'm like, what is this woman talking about? Because she's telling me that there's going to be a shortage on masks. This is even before like the, the shutdown happened. Exactly. And this then probably February. Yeah. I'll never forget this. And then uh, I'm working one day and, uh, you know, this woman comes in, she's telling me, I said, oh, yeah, I'll let you know if I need any masks. I'm like, okay. I'm like, this woman's out of her mind. And then a few days later, you know, everything happened, you know, with the COVID stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then, my wife uh, at the time was uh, was working for the Plainview School District, and uh, really, yeah, she was. She was like a like a aide in the classes, and a you know like a like a bus monitor. And I'm like, 
you know, all this stuff happened and everybody stopped coming to work. And I, I called her up one day and I'm like, hon, I'm like, you, I'm like, you got to quit your job. She's like, what are you talking about? But she had already been put on the, on leave, you know? I'm like, you got to uh -huh. tell them, you know, you can't come back to work. You got to stay here full time because this, this is insanity. Well, no, what am I supposed to do over here? I, I can't stay here by myself. My kids are doing homeschooling. They were coming to work after, you know, it was just, it was a disaster. Really a disaster. But you had customers? It was, Jim, it was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. We took all the tables and all the chairs. You know, we're, it's a big place, even though it's like, to me, 82 seats is not a big place. But it's a okay. it's a big place. But we had all the tables and chairs pushed into the corner, and people would come in. Who's standing over here? Who's standing over there? People were standing so far apart, picking up takeout orders. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe I lived through this. I really can't. So your your takeout business kept going. Oh, it was insane! It was insane. Because you you, you got to figure, we had a great takeout business and we had a great dining business. And now it just became all takeout. And we never delivered before. I don't know if you know that. We never delivered. Up until then? Yes, we never delivered. We were one of the few places that didn't deliver. And then we had, you know, we had no choice. We had to deliver. We were de doing deliveries, curbside takeout, regular takeout. We had walkie-talkies, My, you know, my... My second son, Mateo, he was doing all the curbside. People would call up. Yeah, I'm here to pick up uh, Joe's order. I would get him on the walkie-talkie. Yeah, Mateo, go outside. Joe's here. He would take the, the box, bring it outside. The people were lined up in the parking lot. It was sick, sick. So you, you, you lost staff. We lost, I would say, 75% of our staff we lost. Okay. Yeah. And that was because financially, you really you you made that decision that you didn't really have a choice. You couldn't keep the people on. No, because no. These percentages. these people took advantage of the unemployment to the fullest extent. They forget it. Forget it. <laughs> okay. Unemployment was paying everybody. They were paying, you know, whatever. They just they they said, okay, yeah, you quit. Okay, we'll pay you. I had one guy that worked for me. He goes, please fire me. Because I will make more money unemployed than right. I will working here. But you had to have a, a drop in gross income. We did. the indoor dining. Even though I'm saying it was crazy as far as like curbside and takeout and deliveries, it wasn't anywhere near the business we had before. Because listen, you come out to dinner to a restaurant or, you know, you go to any restaurant, you're going to sit down. If you get seated immediately, or you're going to go at the bar first, you're going to have a drink or two, you and your wife, you sit down, you have another drink, you order an appetizer, a couple more drinks, your entree, some sides. Then the waiter comes over, you guys want dessert? Yeah, we want dessert, cappuccino, espresso, a couple of pieces of cake. We lost mm -hmm. all that. We lost the appetizers. We lost the, the drinks. We lost the cappuccino and coffee, espresso. We lost the desserts. We lost all of that business. You know, that was a huge, huge loss. Huge. Right. So, and and your landlord, I don't know much about it. Um, you know where I'm going with yeah. all this. Uh, but I am curious, like, was the landlord playing ball? Or were, like, were you stuck and he was like, this is kind of, you got to figure this out. No, no, we're they, the were, they, were, they were very, very accommodating. They're a third generation owner of the property. Great people. 
and uh, they helped us out. But you know, nothing goes without being paid back. And you know, we're we're, we're paying them back. They gave us uh, they give us terms. You know, they they gave us a a break on the rent for a certain period of time. But we're paying them back, and you know, over terms. So. People could say what they want about Dave Portnoy, uh, of Barstool fame. Yeah. But, you know, he's a little bit of a controversial guy because he's very opinionated. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's got a certain type of humor. But you are you were a recipient of the Barstool Pizza Fund. I was one of the few on Long Island. I mean, I don't I know one other place on Long Island that got it besides myself. That was I think insane. Borelli. Yes. Uh, I played for the Borelli's Little League team. Really? When I was a young man in East Meadow. I knew the Borelli's back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Portnoy really saved people's asses. He did, man. He stepped up to the plate, and he swung that bat, and he hit a grand slam, let me tell you. So tell us about the process there. It's like – so I was it a surprise? Forget it. Surprise is not even the word. It's, it was just so I saw he was doing the I think the first place he did was Borelli's like the first first place that he helped out was them. I don't know. I think it was. And I'm like, oh, my God, these people are like like you felt their pain. You felt their sorrow. Like, you, you know, as a restaurant owner operator, like you felt everything that they were going through. You felt it. I mean, listen. Well, his restaurant, which I know well, because I grew up there, yeah. uh, is really like a dine-in. I I don't know that that is people probably take out from there, but there's there's a lot of other great pizza places in East Meadow, yeah. especially now. Yeah, and uh, it's a restaurant. Yeah, and people I'm I'm, I'm sure he in. took a beating with the Coliseum not having anything going on over there too, which is horrible. Oh, yes. You know, somebody yeah, dropped Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, somebody dropped the where, ball over uh, there too. You know. Yeah, <laughs> he was positioned. I mean, literally, when I grew up, uh, the the New York Islanders would play there. Yeah, and the, it was the years they were winning every year, and uh, Borelli's was a giant part of Islander culture, and the Islanders would go there. Yeah, uh, it was huge. Huge. And the parades huge. would end at Borelli's or go by yeah. it, whatever it was. Uh, Listen, that's a historic yeah. place. It really is. Yeah, it really is. It's a historic place. Um, so anyway, back to you and Portnoy. Yeah. So you you hear about the fund? I saw it on Instagram. I hear about the fund, and uh, I'm like, you know what? Let me uh, let me send them a letter. So I reached out to my sister-in-law Teresa, and I said, "Can you help me write a letter?" She's uh, she's amazing at writing letters, and. Uh, she should work for Hallmark, actually. She can make any, <laughs> she can bring any man to tears or any person to tears. Okay. She's amazing. And I'm like, listen. This is your sister? My wife's sister. Or your sister-in-law? Yeah. The one who curses a lot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she only curses in Italian, so that's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I said, listen, you got to help me write this letter. So we, we sat down and we wrote the letter together. But she, you know, dotted, dotted the I's and crossed the T's. And uh, basically, we sent them the letter, and uh, I heard nothing for like a week or two. Then what happened was one of my friend's sons reached out to me, and he goes, hey, did you hear about the Boston Fund? I said, yes, I did. 
He goes, did you, did you, did you apply for it? I said, I did. I said, I did it like two weeks ago. I, I emailed him a letter and this and that. He goes, did you send him a video? I said, no. He says, why not? I said, because uh, I didn't know I had to. He goes, maybe you should <laughs> because he loves watching videos. Really? That's what this guy told me. So I said, okay. I said, I'm not making a video. He goes, come on, make the video, whatever, this and that. I have the text messages from this kid. He's a great kid, my friend's son. You know, he's like in his 30s. So he goes, uh, make the video, Anthony. I'm telling you, make the video. You're going to see something's going to happen. It's like an out-of-body experience, Jim. I can't even explain to you what happened next. So I get in my car and I'm driving to work and I put my phone in the cradle and I make the video and I, 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 I just cried. I didn't cry, but I, you know, I basically told him how it was. I'm driving to work every day. I drive to work. I feel like I'm driving to prison because that's basically what it was. I mean, I'm, I'm going to work for my family and, you know, trying to provide for them, like as we all do. And I get off the 135 on Jericho and this car cuts me off. And I'm like, oh my God, while I'm making the video, you know, not that I'm looking at the phone, but I'm driving. Right. I'm like, holy cow, this car just ran me off the road. I, and I specifically remember that moment. I get to work and I send him the video. Within 24 hours, I get an email from Barstool. Like, hey, <laughs> try not to get too excited, but you're being considered for the Barstool Fund. It's like all the blood came out of my fucking body. I, I lost all my blood. We need a few things. We need a tax ID number. We need payroll, utilities, rent, financials, bank statements. Yeah, time is of the essence. You have five days to get this to us. And I'm like, holy cow, is this really happening? I felt like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like crazy. Right. So I said to my partner at the time, who handled most of the uh, financials, I need this, I need this, I need that. He's like, why? So I said, I, I applied for this Barstool Fund. I wrote the video, this and that. I said, I need everything like now. He gets me everything. I sent it to them that day. And also they needed my cell phone number if I had an iPhone or if I didn't have an iPhone, they needed my, I had to download WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. I have an iPhone. I sent them my cell phone number. I give them everything. That was uh, probably like a Monday. On Wednesday, my phone rings. It's vibrating mm -hmm. in my pocket. It said FaceTime video. Not unknown number with a phone number from Boston which I, uh -huh. I could bet my life it was this guy's personal cell phone number, uh -huh. Dave Portnoy. Uh -huh. I answered the phone. It's him. <laughs> I had no blood on my body before that phone rang. Forget it. <laughs> I answered the phone. It's him. My first words were, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, wait, let me ask you before you go any further. Does he go, Hey, Phil? No, he's like, <laughs> Oh my God. He goes, I love your pizza mask. Cause I had a mask on with pepperoni pizza on it. 
And he goes, uh, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He goes, no, we're going to help you out. It was just insane, really insane. But the only thing I wish, I just wish my kids were there to enjoy the experience that I had because it was just like a, I can't even explain to you what a feeling it was, but I just wish they would have been there to enjoy the, my joy, you know? Right. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing thing that he did. He really, let me tell you. And you know, without, without talking about the exact numbers, it's a significant, he made, he helped people with significant deposits. Oh, and I got to tell you one thing. He, on the application, he wanted a number. The number you need to survive every month. They needed to know that number. And I will tell you for eight months, that is the number I received. The number that I said that I needed. And I was very, very easy on that number. Believe me, I just, that was the number that I was missing is the number that I put on that, that questionnaire. And that is the number I got every month every single month for eight months. Well, yeah, it's, it's, you could say what you want about Dave Portnoy. You can't say nothing bad about that guy. He's a saint. A saint is not even a word. There's a special place in heaven for him. That's a great story, Anthony. Talk about opening up the chocolate bar and seeing the golden side of it. Like Charlie and the chocolate Uh factory, Willy Wonka, forget it. Like, I'm just like, you know, going back to that movie, you see this poor kid from this town. He opens up the chocolate bar. He finds the, the gold inside the chocolate. He goes to the, the factory and it was just, forget it. I can't even, I can't even explain to you like what a load that was off of my back, knowing that that money was being deposited. And I didn't even know it was coming every single month because every single month you had to show them your rent, your utilities, your payroll. Every single you had to month. Continue. Yes, it was you had to continue. the process continued every single month. Wow. Yeah. And also in that the the email I got every month, it also said if you need more money, let us know how much more you need and why you need more money. But I never asked for another penny more. Wow. Really? It's great. Yeah, great. Let me tell you, that guy, forget it. Amazing guy. Well, uh, I, I love the fact that you're willing to share that story and people could hear yeah. firsthand. People have heard about the Barstool Fund. Yeah. But to be able to share this story directly from you. Um, and listen, I have no idea cool. why this guy chose me or my place or my video. I have no clue why. Well, timing is everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say from what you're telling me, I think your gut is right, and whoever this young kid was that suggested you sent that video, yeah. I think it put put it over. Yeah. And uh, and also, there's a little fate involved. Maybe you're getting cut off. Was the perfect uh, oh my dramatic, god, it was crazy uh, situation that that kind of helped too. Yeah, whoever that driver is, yeah, probably somebody who came in asking for the. For the prosciutto to be swapped out with salami. <laughs> For some lard or something like that. <laughs> Crazy stuff, man. But let me tell you, uh, I had people calling me up and coming in. Like, how did you get it? Still, people are asking me. But at the time, people, i I'll never forget this. One guy came in. He goes, how did you get that fund? I said, I don't know. I, I applied for it. 
He goes, yeah, I applied for it too. I own a business. He didn't answer me back. What should I do? I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, maybe send him another video, email him. You know, people were coming in the droves trying to find out like how I got this. It was insane. (laughs) Insane. And you've never spoken to the guy again. You don't really have a relationship with them. They never. I still have his phone number. Wow. I guarantee you, if I called that number right now, I bet you anything on the planet that's his person. Yeah, I probably he probably changed it already, but I bet he he called from his regular number. I really do. Amazing. Yeah, really amazing. Uh, let me tell you. Well, I've been having fun. We've been making videos. Yeah. We've been experimenting. Yes. We both uh, we both research a lot. Yep. And uh, you you have been to Naples. Yes. Uh, you're a fan of a lot of the street fair. Yes, huge. And what they do. and uh, Huge. I'm interested in doing some of that to an extent. Yeah. On the food truck, although I think I'm going to have my hands full, man, just managing, putting out. Uh, uh, for the listeners that don't know, I have a food truck coming on the road in three weeks. It's going to be great. The first official date is June 16th, and I'm, I'm honestly a little afraid about the workflow. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You got Anthony. You got our crew. We got everything. (laughs) We'll help you as much as we can. You know, like the the planning preparation. What people don't understand in these types of situations, and you do it every day. But like, if I'm out somewhere and doing a six hour event, I have to arrive at the event two hours before it starts. Uh to get up and and prepare inside the truck and get ready for the day. Now, to get there and have enough sandwiches, how many sandwiches am I going to serve? You don't know. Six hours. You don't know. Right? Let's say it's 100 to 150. Yeah. That is a lot of preparation the day before or the night before. Forget it. It's a lot of bread. It's a lot of cold cuts. Yes. It's a lot of spreads, right? Because we're making the spreads by hand. We're uh, baking the bread. By hand. Yeah. Uh, you got to slice. You know, we did a test run last week of the sandwiches at a fair. And, you know, we're trying to measure out in weight the amount of, let's say, let's say it's a mortadella and fresh mozzarella sandwich with some other accoutrements on there. Yeah. We were we were trying to figure out the weight of the mozzarella and I have of the mortadella. And I was very unhappy with the way the sandwich looked. I was like, I am not close to enough mortadella on this, right? I need it to look like it's a stuffed sandwich. I know. You know, and that's a lot. It is. You know, I think I'm going to be putting at least a half pound of mortadella on each sandwich at this point. Yeah, everything's expensive. It's, you know, stuff isn't, nothing's cheap. Yeah. Really? So that, that's why I'm afraid. I'm not, I'm less afraid about whether or not it's going to financially make sense because I, I, it's more about how do I plan it and figure out exactly how much mortadella needs to be cut. Cause I could yeah, sell no. 50 sandwiches or 150 sandwiches. Um, and the problem and- is like what I experience in my business, it's never going to be the right way unless you do every single sandwich yourself. Cause Everybody that makes sandwiches has, or chicken parmesan heroes or salads, like everybody has their own idea of how they think it looks great. Oh, well, th- listen, with that, 
my my youngest son who's home for the summer so the timing's perfect it's me and him right now we yeah. we we are the only ones building it and yeah yeah i know in my mind what i want it to look like and yeah. i will be in that truck at the very beginning for the first 6 months sure all the time yeah um i am worried about like i was talking to a guy on the phone today who wants me to do like 3 or 4 days in a row how do i prepare the stuff like I'm at this place that I, the last thing, sometimes I get home from these markets, man. And if I had to go bake again, there's no possible way I could do it. I know. I physically know. and mentally have nothing left in me. Yeah. Cause your bed is calling you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Jim, come lay on me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. Believe me. I know. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it goes. I'll keep the people updated on the experience. But that uh, bread is delicious, really. The the bread that you're making these sandwiches on, you I hit the nail that. on the head. Let me tell you, really, you really hit the nail on the head. Well, we've been working on it, and we've been experimenting and failing and throwing out a lot. But we we I think we got to it. You're gonna do it, really. You're gonna do it. You really are. Yeah. I really, I'm very confident you're gonna. I I had uh, little by little all the supplies, because I we're gonna have the inside of the truck done by monday yeah and uh like today i got a five foot menu board delivered to the house that we gotta bolt onto the truck next to the window i've got all these boxes of crap and uh that's it you know we're we're tidying up the artwork over the next three days and we'll see it's very exciting let me tell you it's very exciting oh Listen, I, I appreciate you. your help. I feel your excitement. I really feel your excitement. I do. I'm I excited, but I'm yeah, scared. Yeah, you should be. But I think I'm supposed to be scared. I know. You're supposed to be. And you know what? I, I just feel like I know you very well, but, you know, probably not as well as I really think I do. But I just feel like you really love this. I do. I really feel you do. I do. I know I do, you do. So. Uh, anyway, Anthony, it was really good to chat. Um, yeah, it was great. I consider you a great friend. And I, I, I'm same, really. Same here. I have fun, but uh, I also appreciate the support you give my business in many different ways, from physically helping with things to uh, spreading the word about us and talking about us on Instagram. Yeah. So uh, listen, it doesn't you got go great... unnoticed. It doesn't go Thank unnoticed. Thank you. You have a great product. You really have a great product. I mean, my friends, my family, my customers, we all love your stuff. You know, you, ha- you built a great name for yourself. Let's face it. You, re- you really did. I mean, you went from nothing to, to something. I'm a guy sitting in my basement doing a podcast that makes no it's money. It's the American dream. At. It's the American dream. <laughs> Anthony, I'll talk to you this week, man. Thank you so much. Jim, I love you. You're a great man. You and your family are so amazing. We really appreciate you. Love you too, buddy. This episode of Bread for the People was brought to you by Side Hustle Bread, Long Island's handcrafted artisanal bread company. Side Hustle Bread is a family-run business that's bringing the neighborhood feel back to Long Island one loaf at a time. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to head on over to iTunes and rate and review this episode. Reviewing and rating is the most effective way to help us grow our audience. This episode was produced by Milestone TV and Film. I'm your host, Jim Serpico. Blessed be the bread, everyone. <laughs>